How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees, another episode and another day. Today we're talking about the starting rotation projecting, and we've done the batting order. We took a really long look at the batting order, what it could look like. And guys, I mean, with Juan Soto and Aaron Judge, you could put these guys wherever you freaking want in the top three, and you're going to get ridiculous production. Now, the starting rotation, we know that the Yankees are heavily, heavily involved in the Yoshinobu Yamamoto sweepstakes. We know that Matt Blake, Cashman, and Hal Steinbrenner all went to L.A. to meet with him yesterday. Apparently, they feel really good about it, according to many reporters. You can look at Jack Curry, John Heyman, everyone's saying they felt really good about the meeting. And look, they sent the big guns. We talked about it yesterday. They sent Steinbrenner, and when Steinbrenner gets involved, they very rarely miss out on these players, especially because when he's involved, you know they're willing to spend. Um, his presence equals dollar signs, in my opinion. So if you're Yamamoto, you want the international recognition, you want the money, and you want to win a chip in 2024? Yankees are freaking screaming. And, and look, I just saw a report that the Dodgers, their top priority, their top trade priority right now, it's Tyler Glass now. So if that's the truth, if that's where they're looking, maybe Yamamoto isn't really high on their list. Maybe he is high, but I think they're looking at alternatives right now in terms of trade market opportunities. So maybe I think right now, I think the Mets are our biggest competitor. So let's assume in, in a perfect world, the Yankees walk away with Yamamoto. We can project him as a part of our starting rotation. But if you look at the alternative options in terms of adding on to Yamamoto, we're also looking at guys like Frankie Montas. Like, could you bring him back on a one-year deal? I know you're writing an article right now, Ryan, about some back-end options that could be perfect to really round out this rotation. So, you know, let's dive into the top couple guys, you know, how you would situate them in their respective spots in this rotation, assuming that we do land Yamamoto. Um, yeah, so obviously the ace of the staff is Garrett Cole, regardless of who you add. Even if you add Yamamoto, Garrett Cole will be making the opening day start. He is the reigning AL unanimous Cy Young winner, by the way. I gained every single vote for first place, so I just want to clarify that. Um, so he will be starting on opening day, and he is the presumptive ace of the New York Yankees. Um, you know, right now, Carlos Rodon probably fits in as their two-starter. Um, you know, I know he had a really rough season, but... Speaking to people that have, you know, that are involved with like, you know, looking at the stuff numbers and whatever it may be, you know, who have, you know, either done scouting on her or whatever, they've been unanimously like, hey, he's probably fine. Like, there isn't really anything here that's different. Um, the stuff plus numbers would agree. It, it just looks like it was a command and injury issue. He never really got himself on track. And obviously, you know, a reasonable argument would be, well, could that not just happen again? Like, injuries could just cause him to lose another season, basically. And I'm not putting that, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that's not possible, but what I am saying is that right now, Carlos Rodon is healthy, and right now, if he's healthy, which he is, um, he'll be fine, right? Like, if he's healthy, I think he'll be fine. That's that's how I'm going to view the situation. Um, you know, evaluating the rest of the rotation, Nestor Cortez is in a similar spot where it's like, if he's healthy, you feel good about it. I'm not necessarily saying he's going to be a 2-4-4 ERA pitcher, but, you know, a 3-5, 3-6, I'll take that for my, uh, you know, middle of the rotation. Clark Schmidt's an X factor here. You know, like, is he going to be able to throw as many innings as he did last year? Uh, that would be great. If he can throw even more, that would be awesome. Like, could you imagine if you get 180 innings out of Clark Schmidt? Um, you know, you probably look for a starter who could slot in, you know, probably ahead of Schmidt. Ideally, he's your uh, five starter. In an ideal world, Nestor Cortez is your four and Clark Schmidt's your five. And you find either a two or a three starter to kind of sandwich either in between Rodon and Cortez or in between Cole and Rodon. Um, now, Yamamoto obviously is the best, uh, you know, piece for that. Rodon, uh, Yamamoto is, is clearly the best pitcher on the market you know even looking at the alternative options people have suggested maybe Blake Snell maybe uh Jordan Montgomery but you know I don't know if you feel this way Alex but it feels like any money that you give to Yamamoto is like all right you know inherently that's going to have at least some percentage of an effect on your ability to re-sign Juan Soto even if it's not a massive percentage it's still a percentage am I going to give that money and then say all right we didn't get Yamamoto let's say let's go get 
let's go give that jeopardizing money to Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell. We're talking about Juan Soto here, right? Like, I, I want an opportunity to extend Juan Soto. Uh, and, you know... I Another thing, too, is those are both guys that are entering their 30s, right? You know, you're going to have him, Rodon, uh, that, that pitcher you signed, Rodon, uh, you know, Cole, Judge, Stanton, LeMahieu, all on somewhat long-term deals or at least on multi-year contracts in their 30s. You don't want that, right? Like, the idea is if you're going to give out some big contracts, it's going to be to young guys. The appeal with Yamamoto and Soto is that they're going to be in their 20s for the majority uh, of the first half of that contract with Yamamoto even potentially getting an opt-out that caused him to opt out before he hits his 30s. Um, so, you know, that's the ideal situation. You do not want to be in a spot where you're giving out another, you know, six, seven-year deal to a 30-year-old. And, you know, this applies to Yamamoto. This applies to any pitcher. UCL injuries are random, right? Like UCL injuries, tearing your UCL, requiring Tommy John surgery. These are things that we cannot predict. These are things that have happened at random. These are things that have affected all pitchers, durable and undurable. So, you know, you are making a, a giant, you are taking a giant risk there. And there is a lot of innings logged on Yamamoto's arm, but there are a lot of innings logged on Montgomery's arm. There are a lot of innings logged on Snell's arm. Um, you know, if I'm taking a bet here, I'll take it on the 25-year-old, not the 30-year-old. So, um, you know, I'd rather go the depth market there, you know, just try to stock up on as much, you know, one-year, two-year options for the pitching staff as possible. Just give yourself as many options to pitch as you can um, and try to get through the season. That's a viable strategy as well. Um, the Yankees just, the, the big thing here is the Yankees need Rodon to bounce back. If, if Carlos Rodon doesn't bounce back, this is kind of all a moot point, right? Like, even if you get Yamamoto, you have a massive hole in your rotation and an expensive one at that. You sign Yamamoto, you're not signing another massive free agent unless you're giving a big contract to Juan Soto. You are like you are not in the market of, all right, we're going to go, you know, maybe you sign Ro Roki Sasaki if he gets posted before he hits free agency and, you know, goes through the service time thing instead of actual free agency. But let's say he doesn't. Let's say he gets posted normally. You are not at all in that conversation. You have no money to give to Sasaki. You know, when Cortez hits free agency, you cannot pay Nesta Cortez, no matter how good he is, right? Like, you, that, that's the risk you're taking. So Rodon has to be really good next year that's the big x factor here regardless of who we sign regardless of who we add yeah i mean look the the yankees are banking a lot even if they do get yamoto which is you know seeming like a really real probability even if we do get him we desperately need rodon and nestor cortez to bounce back two important lefty arms in this equation rodon was awful last year mainly because of the injuries and inconsistencies and he just really his confidence was shot after all of it you know of course started with a left uh, forearm strain kept him out for the first month of the season then he had what the he had a, a groin strain at one point and the chronic back injury he picked up so it's like these things accumulated very, very fast, very quickly. And of course, like the perfect, the, the usual Yankee nonsense when players look healthy and then suddenly everything, like they get hit by a meteor and bam, like they're useless. Um, Rodon was hit by that meteor, man. The, the one that, ex that that sent the dinosaurs into extinction also hit Rodon's freaking back. So I do right now feel as though if he bounces back, that one, two, three punch is going to be legit. You know, Garrett Cole is a Cy Young award-winning pitcher this past year. He's still in his prime. You get Yamamoto, who's going to be our number two, in my opinion, who, you know, tweet has, has changed his mechanics. I was just watching a video. From 2020 to 2023, his mechanics have changed so much, and he's gotten so much better. This guy's a 20—think about this guy as a 25-year-old superstar prospect. Like, this is a guy that, you know— 
you bring like you you draft this kid and two years later he is a superstar for you like that and he's 25 years old think about this Clark Schmidt we don't even know what really he, he really is just yet and I keep forgetting Clark Schmidt is a part of this equation for what it's worth um I forget we still have him and you know you actually look at Yamamoto he's three years younger than Clark Schmidt guys <laughs> three years younger and his pitch mix is sick you know we have a guy here um in in Yamamoto who's got a nasty splitter has a phenomenal fastball. He's got a ridiculous sequence. This guy can do it all. Matt Blake is going to have a absolute blast coaching this guy. And Matt Blake probably went up to him and said, how good do you really want to be? You know, how, how great do you want to be? Do you want to be good or do you want to be great? Because we turn pitchers into great players here. We turn nothing into something here. We will take your talent and we will give you everything and then some to become the best player you can be. And you can become the ace of the New York Yankees. And everybody will know your name. The ace of the New York Mets, some people will know your name. The ace of the New York Yankees, everybody will know your name. That's what I would say to him personally. And look, this rotation... This group, if you get him, you're going Garrett Cole, you're going Yamamoto, you're going Carlos Rodon, you're going Nestor Cortez, you're going Clark Schmidt, and then you probably bring in a guy like a Frankie Montas on a one-year deal. And then you have six pitchers. And then you have some good spot stars. You can ask Will Warren to start for you if you need to. He can be your Johnny Brito uh, for next year, right? He can come in, start games, long-inning relief guy, you know, really solid pitcher. They need him to make an impact in the future and the near future. Clayton Beater's another guy that's got to step up. Chase Hampton, I mean, I can't believe we managed to keep him. He, what is he, 22 years old, 23 years old, first year in the minor league system last season. The guy's got an insane group of pitches and he could be excellent in the future as he continues to grow he's probably going to make it to AAA in 2024 so you know how how would you kind of situate this this rotation right now in terms of you know ranking it one to five like let's assume we get Yamamoto we don't have Frankie Montas yet are you going to use Clark Schmidt as your five guy or are you thinking because of Nestor Cortez's injury you'd rather have him be that last guy in the rotation for now so I think Schmidt's the five. I think Cortez is the four, right? Like we're going into this year and saying, all right, who is the better pitcher? I, I think Cortez is still the better pitcher. Now, who's the more reliable pitcher to get through the entire season? You would argue Clark Schmidt at this point in time. But again, we're, we're talking about the better pitcher. And, you know, end of the day, Nestor Cortez has reached heights with the Yankees that a lot of pitchers haven't reached. He had the best ERA on the New York Yankees in 2022. A 2.44 ERA is no joke. Um, and, you know, you, you kind of alluded to this with Yamamoto. Um, you know, the big thing here is that the Yankees, we got to look at this from the baseball perspective and a business perspective as well and you know not to pour cold water here but if the Dodgers get Yamamoto they're a hotbed for Japanese baseball for I mean they take over the country they take over that part of the they, they, they take over that part of the world right like the Yankees have a stronghold on international baseball that stronghold that grip on international baseball weakens significantly if they get Yamamoto and Otani just the Otani signing with the Dodgers has pushed has pushed the Dodgers, and I know this is irrelevant, right? Like, this doesn't matter for baseball, but this matters for, you know, branding. The Dodgers and the Yankees are the same amount of followers on Instagram. That's a little bit weird. The Yankees are the most iconic team in, in, in baseball. They are that team. That's what they're supposed to be, right? They need to make sure, not that they need to keep track of Instagram followers. But my point more so is, if they sign Yamamoto, they being the Dodgers, the Dodgers would have the best player in Japan over the last three years, and the best talent in baseball who happens to have played in the MPB and is from Japan. So they are a global attraction. They are must-watch TV. They are box office, more so than the New York Yankees would be, even with Judge and Soto. But you add Yamamoto to that mix, and now you're saying, all right, who do you want to go watch? Do you want to watch, you know, Judge, Soto, Cole, and Yamamoto, or you want to go watch Otani, Betts, Freeman, right? Like, that's still, I'm not saying that, that the Dodgers trio is not box office, but you're on more even playing ground, right? 
let's be frank here. The Dodgers have been a more successful organization than the Yankees over the last like decade, right? Like that's a fact of life. And they play in a massive market. Los Angeles is huge, right? Everyone's, you know, a whole, whole big craze now is that everybody's moving from the East Coast to the West Coast. We want, to, the Yankees want to be the team that kind of puts their foot in the sand and say, no, we are the New York Yankees. We are a global brand. This is what we are. This is what we're going to be going forward. And that's what you, you know, that's got to be part of the motivation here for signing Yamamoto. I know that you shouldn't make baseball decisions solely based on the best business decision, but it's certainly a big factor here. And I think that's part of the Yankees motivation. They don't want to lose that. Why would you ever like you lose that? And that is huge. That, that changes everything, right? Um, if you keep, uh, if you get a guy like Yamamoto, as you mentioned too, like the honor of being the ace of the New York Yankees, right? Cause it is an honor. Like I know people are going to sit here and say, ah, oh, nobody cares about that crap. Everybody at some point in time has dreamed about being the ace of the New York Yankees. Even the most devout New York Yankee haters that come up and play professional baseball have thought to themselves, but man, the apex of this sport as a pitcher would be being the ace of the New York Yankees pitching staff and leading them to a World Series title. That is the apex of baseball, not just Major League Baseball, not just U.S. baseball, baseball across the globe. And this is an opportunity you can offer him and an opportunity that he can create for himself. And man, just think of the marketing opportunities. I mean, this guy would be box office in New York. He would obviously be box office in L.A. too. I'm not, I'm not doubting that. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing him up, but, you know, because this is a Yankees podcast, but... You know, if you look at the Mets, right, like they, they have the deepest pockets to spend, right? Like they, they do. Steve Cohen has the most money, right? But as you alluded to, is he going to be the biggest brand in New York? Is he going to be the most recognizable pitcher in New York, right? Like if that's the situation, does that really matter for Yamamoto? Who knows? I've never talked to the guy. I know Jack Curry said this too. Nobody has ever spoken to the guy. A lot of this is reports and reports, you know, we don't know. We, we don't know what smokescreen or not. The whole Otani thing. Uh, with John Morosi and going to the Blue Jays and everything, you know, should be a, a sign of us that sometimes we are throwing smoke screens and that's it's just the media ploy. But, you know, end of the day, we provide the marketing that Yamamoto wants and Yamamoto provides the marketing that the Yankees kind of desperately need. They can't let him go to the Dodgers. I'm sorry. From a business perspective, it can't happen. They can't. They can't. And we know this because Steinbrenner went to L.A. Uh, to actually go and meet him in person. So, look, the Yankees have a chance to do something really special this offseason. We know this. Next year, I mean, God willing, I will be at so many Yankee games. And it's it's this could be a really fun era for us, guys. I mean, all the fans, you guys watching right now, next year could be really freaking fun. Like, we could have a legendary season, something that we will remember for a long time. And what we'll remember is that Hal Steinbrenner said, you know what? What would my dad do right now? Go get the best freaking players in baseball. Go get Juan Soto. Go get Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Prepare for the future. Spend the money. We've got it. It's in our family. It's our money. Let's freaking do this thing. Let's win some damn baseball games. And to all the other fans, and I said this yesterday, that are complaining about the Yankees spending too much and the Yankees spending their way to championships, it's not our fault. Your owners are cheap as fuck. That's the truth. So right now, we have a chance to be great. I want to be great. Ryan, you want to be great. There's a lot to love about this process that we're witnessing unfold before our eyes. Leveraging prospects for guys like Juan Soto, Hall of Fame bats, guys. This is what the Yankees have done for decades. And we're finally turning back the clock and going after this. Aaron Judge and Juan Soto are going to be enough for me to watch every game and not miss a single inning. You know what I mean? How many times have you been like, you know, I'm not watching this game. Yankees are, are, are struggling, not good. You know, I'm not going to watch this game. I'm watching every freaking game, you know, every single game, because Juan Soto and Aaron Judge are must-see baseball. Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Garrett Cole are must-see baseball. That is what this team is, is turning into, must-watch 
baseball, and it's good for us. It's good for the younger generation of fans, and baseball feels like it's having a renaissance right now for me. You know, I, I fell out of love with baseball for a long time. When I was a kid, I watched every game, didn't miss a single one, and I fell out of love with it for years because of how boring they made the game and how, you know, just it was so basic, but you know, we're seeing this trend now of things getting more entertaining, more fun, more scoring, more this, more excitement, more more energy, and the Yankees are buying into that, and I'm fully bought in. You know, I know, Ryan, you're fully bought in. A lot of people are excited about this, and um, let's freaking do this, man. Like, let's have a freaking year. Let's enjoy it together as fans because we've, we've, we deserve this, man. We've we've gone through a couple of years, I mean, over a decade spending this much money with no World Series. You expect more, and I think the Yankees are putting their money where their mouth is. So, obviously, we'll keep you guys updated on all the updates regarding Yamamoto and any other free agents or any other trade uh, concepts that we hear in the market. So we're really excited about all these things developing before our eyes. Make sure to like and subscribe as always, my friends. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.